Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things movie and nostalgia podcasts, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Puff the magic dragon Lived by the sea And frolicked in the autumn mist In a land called Hanali Little Jackie Paper Loved that rascal Puff And brought him strings and sealing wax And other fans Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our childhood to see if it's as good all grown up. I'm Jordan Poland-Clark, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Kara Gail O'Regan. Hello. And today we have with us Cage Club Twitter master, Dan Cologne. Hi, Dan. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Um, and I'm like, I'm kind of into what you chose, so... Well, um, this is a land... This is actually a landmark episode. This is our 10th episode, you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh, double digits. Yeah. Yay. Never thought it'd happen. Well, I'm honored to be on your 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 10th episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dan chose Puff the Magic Dragon, the movie from 1978, um, based on the hit song by Peter, Paul, and Mary. Um, the movie follows Jackie Draper, a young mute boy, um, who when his parents take him to the doctors, the doctors literally laugh in his face and say that there's no hope that he'll ever speak again. Um, So he goes home and he sits by himself and is sad in his room until a magical dragon named Puff walks by his window. Uh, Puff comes into Jackie's room and cuts out a paper version of Jackie, who then becomes Jackie Paper when Puff takes the happiness from Jackie Draper and puts it inside the paper version. And they go on a magical journey together, which of course solves Jackie's problems and he speaks again at the end. Um, Dan, why'd you choose this? Uh, I don't know. Um, it's, it's a, it was a staple in my childhood. Um, I watched it a lot as a kid. I remember we had the VHS tape and I would watch it a lot, uh, and, and, and be enthralled and, uh, and terrified by it at the same time. But for whatever reason, <laughs> this was a thing that captivated me as a child. And I thought it was a little bit of an unconventional choice given that it's from 78, uh, it's a thing that I grew up with. I wasn't sure if it was something that you guys were familiar with from your childhoods or not. Because uh, I noticed a lot of the stuff that you guys have covered already is like uh, late 80s, early 90s sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So I thought, well, let me throw out something that's different in the off chance that, you know, maybe you guys would want to do it. And um, so I'm happy that you did because uh, I, I love this movie. Carrie, had you seen this before? I probably have. Um, I didn't really remember it that well, though. I, I definitely am very familiar with the song and Peter, Paul, and Mary and that whole thing. But I don't know for sure if I saw the cartoon before. But I definitely, in my head, like lump this Peter's Dragon, or Peach Dragon, whatever it's called, and also... Um, HR Puff and stuff, which is a totally different thing, just all together in my head. So when I sat down to watch this, I was expecting something a, a little bit different than what I got. <laughs> um, I I feel similarly more as like 
yeah, I guess I've seen this before because when Dan mentioned to me wanting to do it, I was like, oh yeah, that's a movie. So like my brain knew it was a movie. I could picture what the dragon looked like, Mm -hmm. but like that was about it. You know, I knew the song and I could see the dragon and I couldn't have told you a single thing about the plot of this. Um, Dan, when is the last time that you saw this before now? Uh, well, it, like I said, I watched it a lot as a kid and I think I, at some point around late high school or maybe even college, I dug out the VHS tape out of curiosity to, to rewatch it. Um, so I would say that was probably the last time. So maybe, maybe 10 plus years ago, it's been, it's been a little while uh, for me. Um, why do you guys think we all watch this? Like, <laughs> it's from the seventies. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I can only wait. imagine my parents bought the tape. Are your parents old? Because Jordan, your parents are old, right? And my parents are old, so it makes sense um, that like they're not like, yeah, like they're not like really old, but for yeah, they're, like older like, than most yeah. people our age. Because like I grew up, I think, with a lot of like kids stuff from the seventies, even though I was born in the late eighties. Because my parents are old. Um, or at least that's what I attribute it to. Maybe it has nothing to do with that, but I don't know. Yeah, my dad was, was born in the late 50s. My mom was born in 61. Um, so, I mean, they were a, they were about like late 20s, uh, early 30s when this came out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, my mom was, no, my mom was, holy shit, she was uh, 17. My dad was 20s. So, um, so. I guess it was a thing that came out when they were young and then when it came out on VHS, they had me, they bought it and I don't know. I just, it was always in the house. It wasn't something I sought out. That's for sure. I like, I don't think that I have like a very faint memory of watching this at my aunt's house. Like, I don't think my parents would have shown this to me. I don't know why I think that. Um, <laughs> Cause it's I think, terrifying. I think I watched it at, it's not though here's the thing like i was expecting this to be terrifying and i it it actually wasn't and it made me laugh like a few times and i i didn't i'm not gonna go as far as saying i liked it because (laughs) it's still like clearly made for children which like isn't super entertaining as an adult but i also good thing we're doing this podcast it was only gonna be 23 minutes long (laughs) and we've watched things on this show that were like much worse and much longer so so like I was like I was like okay with going for the ride and I kind of liked it and did I thought it was weird in some parts but I didn't think it was terrifying what's terrifying about it oh I I as it well when I was younger I was terrified of the pirate uh specifically the pirate like my I I don't have memories of this my parents have memories of me watching this movie and every time uh, Long John showed up, I would hide behind the couch and peek around the couch <laughs> and, until he transformed into the baker. Um, for whatever reason, that was the thing that scared me. And then uh, uh, in my subsequent adult viewings, I think it, I, I still found it scary. I mean, I watched it last night in preparation for this show. And um, I think that the, the, the pirate sequence is still pretty 
scary and the um the sea of the starless skies sequence is pretty scary and i think that they're scary by design because we're meant to feel what jackie feels in those moments before the the scene transforms into a happier scene you know so I think they're intended to be scary and I went along with it. I allowed myself to get caught up in the sort of scariness of it. Um, despite the fact that I'm 30 years old, I just kind of went back to that five-year-old place in my head and just let that take over. So I think that those sequences are s still scary. Um, even today. And it could be partly that it's just seventies weirdness, but also I think that they're supposed to be a little bit frightening. Yeah, I agree with that, that we're supposed to feel like what Jackie feels, and he's scared, so we're scared. Um, I, I really like the idea of you watching this over and over again, even though <laughs> you were obviously really scared by that part. Yes. I don't, um, I don't understand it either. It might explain my, my interest in horror films today. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a thing I was glued to all the time. Yeah, like, that's... That's definitely a thing that you see in adults, yeah, who like like horror movies and like, you know, watching like shocking stuff. But you don't see that much in kids, I don't think. I don't know. What do you think, Kara? I don't know. I get scared very easily. <laughs> uh, so you definitely didn't do that as a kid. I don't think that I did. Um, but I, I definitely think that. Um, those scary sequences that you're talking about are really effective in, you know, even as an adult watching it, I, I didn't necessarily feel like scared by those sequences, but I think that they are very effective in like evoking a sense of fear and like connecting you with the character's deep, like terror that he's feeling in that, t in that moment. Yeah, there were, I like had more feelings about this too than I thought that I would. <laughs> Like, just based on other kids' stuff that we've watched, it's usually pretty shallow, I would say. Yeah. Um, just, like, not a whole lot going on feelings-wise. But when those doctors told Jackie's parents that he was not ever going to speak again, and then he just, like, sat by himself sad, <laughs> that was, like, truly, really upsetting. Yeah. And that's, like, that's how the movie opens. And so when I sat down, like, expecting an HR puff and stuff kind of thing, and, like, the movie <laughs> opens with this scene of three doctors behaving wildly inappropriate towards a child. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, because, like, and a lot of, like, the work that I've done in the last few years have had to do with disability and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these three doctors saying like oh you're never there, there's no hope for you you're never gonna talk again even though that is actually pretty accurate as to how doctors treated children with um you know any number of speech issues over the years uh yeah it was a real bummer <laughs> oh we'll see like i i i didn't pick up on a lot of this stuff in my uh early 20s but i have since become much more um educated and familiar on uh mental illness mm -hmm. like specifically uh anxiety and depression and 
I was like, this kid has the most crippling depression and social anxiety I've ever seen. And these doctors are not the least bit helpful. These are the worst doctors I've ever seen deal with this sort of thing. It was, it was amazing to me to see, to, to realize that now that I'm 30, I'd never picked up on that before. His parents too, like super not helpful. <laughs> yeah. They were just like, well, the doctor said. <laughs> well, I mean, this was at a time where, you know, what the doctor like the doctor was an expert you know and and whatever yeah it was still kind of and you know to a certain extent this still exists today but that kind of paternalistic thing in medicine and psychiatry that like well they're the expert they must know if they can't fix them no one can um that was very much a thing of that time yeah um was there anything else that felt like different either from watching it as a child or watching it as like a younger adult? Um, I'll say that, uh, like everything that I thought was scary, uh, before I still holds up as we, as we <laughs> talked about, uh, but aside from, um, Jackie's sort of his condition, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, the one thing that I was surprised to see hold up uh, even now is sort of the, the climax of the film when, when Jackie has his turnaround. And I don't know if we want to jump that far ahead. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, whatever. Do we, yeah, we'll go just, for it. Sure. Like when, uh, so after he conquers uh, his fear of Long John and the Sea of the Starless Skies and they get to Hanalee and it's taken over by these sneezes. And then the sneezes are the best. Uh, so then when, when, when Puff is, is having his sort of depression and he tells Jackie just to get back on the boat and go, I was like, this is heartbreaking. Yeah. I don't remember it being quite as sad as it was. And to be 30 and watching it and like I was I was getting a little bit emotional watching it and I wasn't prepared for that. I'm like, surely I can handle this children's cartoon. <laughs> but, no, I agree. I was like very sad. I was like, wait, he's leaving. Like, yeah. They're both so sad and he's leaving. He's going to leave. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that, that really messed with my head today, I, I just, just because I hadn't really actually sat and listened to it. I put the song on the original Peter, Paul and Mary song and for the most part, the movie kind of follows the emotional beats of the film. But then it ends with Jackie growing up and leaving Puff behind, sad and lonely. Like, that's where it ends. And I was so happy that the movie didn't do that. <laughs> well, actually, they have kind of opposite storylines, the song and the movie. In the song, it's all about, you know, this little kid who has this imaginary friend, Puff the Dragon, and like he is getting to that to that age that keeps coming up on this show where they figure out that everything is a lie including your imaginary friend and you sure. know uh just grows up and out of that phase of his life whereas this movie like the premise is very different and we're kind of starting from a very different place and so the the journey that happens in the song is actually very different than what happens in the movie Sure, but it's still, I felt, you know, there were some of those same emotional beats. The mm-hmm. story, obviously, yeah, very different. They had to fill it out to make it 25 minutes or however long it is. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was so happy that, uh, that 
they included that moment, the puff loneliness, uh, his dark night of the soul moment. Um, and then Jackie returns and has his full turnaround. And then he's, you know, he's changed and he's going to be okay. Um, but the song just ends on this incredibly depressing note, but that, but the, um, the movie, I was surprised that I was as emotional as I was during that third act. Well, I think, you know, like even compared with watching it as somebody in their early twenties versus by the time you get to our age, which is about 30, like you have so much more context for loss and like what it means to, to lose important people in your life. You know what I mean? So like, sure when you're younger it's like oh that's sad but it it doesn't really necessarily hit you in the way that like you're like oh no that's actually like devastating (laughs) you know yeah absolutely there are actually so there are two sequels to this movie so it's not it if if we follow the path of puff um i think we are meant to believe that he keeps visiting other children mm-hmm. right to keep helping them there is um there's puff the magic dragon in the land of the living lies and puff puff and the incredible mr nobody <laughs> yep. which i wish we had time to watch both of those yeah all three voiced by burgess meredith uh puff the magic dragon is which um you may know him from many Twilight Zone episodes and also as uh, in, later in his life, Mickey, the trainer from the Rocky movies. He was um, also George in a film production of, uh, of Mice and Men. Yes. Also that. Yeah. I didn't realize that until recently either, because I don't think I had a frame of reference for Burgess Meredith, either as a child or as a, as a teenager. Yeah, um, no, Definitely. I was like, oh, shit, that's Mickey. The... <laughs> that's Mickey. Um, he has a very specific voice. He does. Like, I don't I don't know what I know his voice from. Maybe it's this. Maybe I mean, I watched those Twilight Zone episodes that he was in when I was, like, pretty young. Like, maybe, like, 12 or 13 or, like, a teenager. Um, but there's, yeah, I don't know why. His voice is definitely in my head from childhood. Yeah, I think for me it's this, but I didn't realize it was him until recently. I think uh, this is less aggressive than the things I tra- traditionally know uh, know him from. Uh, he's here more uh, compassionate and gentle, whereas you know, in lots of his other roles, he's way more like grumpy old men and Rocky and and all those. Uh, so I think. I don't know. I think this is the only time I've seen him be quite so compassionate. It's weird. It's weird to hear that as an adult and realize it's him and think, oh, wow, this guy had a completely different side to him that I had never, never seen before. Um, Dan, what, what was your favorite part as a kid and what's your favorite part now? <laughs> um, oh, man, I think I... I this, even though it was it was incredibly scary to me, I think the uh, Long John sequence was probably my favorite. It's the one that clearly stood out to me the most. Um, and as an adult, I think that's probably the same. My it's still my favorite. I love the 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 complete transition from uh, from a pirate, aggressive, angry, violent pirate to a sweetheart 
baker who makes the best cherry pie. <laughs> I, I think that was one of the parts where I actually laughed out loud. Like, I was like, oh, this pirate's a baker? Like a giant baker? <laughs> like, is the, he's this guy who, I guess, you know, he's putting up a front. Like, he's so in, he's so insecure about his love of baking that he's going to push people away and present this angry pirate version of himself. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that's a fun idea. Um, that, you know, like inside every like mean, scary person is just like some other version, which like is not, that's not a new thought. Like that's not a new idea to present, but to be like, no, this pirate's a baker. is like so specific. Right. It's not like, no, this pirate actually has a heart of gold. It's like, no, this pirate just makes pies and has a different outfit when he's truly himself. Sure, yeah. And, and I mean, all of the different uh, uh, beats of the, of the film kind of tell that same story. Like the clouds, well, they're just angry. They're working through some stuff. They can't deal with these beautiful things, so they just block them out. And then you've got the sneezes who, you know, like they... What was the line of dialogue? I wrote it down. Why do you ruin things? Because we're uncomfortable. Like, we all know these people. <laughs> we all know these people who are not bad people. But, you know, they're working through something. And they tend to shit all over everything around them and make everybody else miserable. So um, I think that's, I mean, generally the point of the movie. Uh, and that, you know, we're all working through something. And doesn't mean we're all I bad people. And it was also such like a nice full circle n near the end where the um, pirate turned cook. He gave the sneezes soup. Yeah. And it made them feel better. It was just like such a nice, nice came came back around, and I wasn't expecting it to. And I was like, oh yeah. I wish the clouds had been given uh, sort of uh, an arc because they're the only ones that don't get an arc. Uh, they're just angry clouds up in the sky, I think. And they just go away, right? <laughs> Jackie's retreat. Yeah, there's only, put, he puts there's the only star so back. much story you can fit in 23 minutes. I, I guess. I just I feel like that was the one loose thread at the end. But everything else was pretty much tied up. You get Long John's servant soup and the sneezes are now not sneezes anymore. So, and uh, Kara, what was your favorite part? Um... To be honest, I did not pay very close attention, but <laughs> I I had trouble with some of it also. Like I completely like, forgot I like, about. I think I'm watching this, and then I would think and be like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah, which always happens whenever I watch anything. Uh, I completely forgot about the pirate part until you guys mentioned the pie, and I think the pie is my favorite part. I just happened to forget about it. <laughs> Pie is everyone's favorite part. Of course. It's the best part. Um, so, were there any parts of this that we didn't talk about? Any plot points that we missed? I don't know if I we don't... missed any plot points, but uh, we would be remiss if we did not talk about this uh, song slash movie's reputation as a drug song. That's ex I was I was checking to make sure that we got to everything before that was literally the next question I was going to ask. Yeah, this this movie has like five beats, and I think we got them all. Yeah. Okay. So, is this song about smoking weed, guys? Uh, well, based on 
Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, according to my research, no. Uh, but, I mean, there are a few compelling points, like uh, that in real life there is a village of Hanali in Hawaii known for its particularly potent marijuana plants. But um, all things considered, I don't, I don't think it is. And, uh, no. Yeah, I read some stuff today um, about... Only, uh, so... So this was written by a 19-year-old man. In, in college. Right. Well, no, and in 1959. Like, which is fine. Like, fine. I can believe that a 19-year-old man could write this song. But, like, it just, it just seems so, like, it's so, like, happy. Like, <laughs> I, it was like, a simpler time. There was, like. I yeah like it's it's hard for me to like buy that there was like a time and a place where there was like a guy who was just like this is what I want to sing about I'm an adult yeah but I feel like like at at least the the song uh the adaptation of the poem into a song um by Peter of Peter Paul and Mary like their folk music and the folk music tradition that like they came out of it like it it's not as surprising to me like, right my understanding that, is that, that helps me my understanding was that the uh, the original uh poem uh written by leonard lipton was just sort of a thing that he had in his head and he just kind of put it down on paper and then a few years later peter yarrow took those words and wrote what we know of as the song and uh, he did give Lipton uh, credit, uh, songwriting credit for it. But so I don't know that the song as we know it existed originally as, you know, this thing. So I, who knows what what Leonard Lipton was going through when he wrote it. Um, and I read that there was a, uh, a an extra verse that didn't make it in. Um, yeah, but no verse. one can remember what it was, it's which a, uh, is another one for the drug column. Another uh, point. Uh, well, in that one. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it says that in the uh, in this missing verse, Puff, Puff found another child and played with him after uh, returning. Like he was hanging out in Hanali without Jackie because he grew up and, and left Puff behind. So then he kind of goes back out into the world and finds another child to latch on to. But that song, that that verse, just disappeared. Any any traces of that are gone. Um, so I mean I'm I'm, this... I'm I'm inclined to believe that this is not a song about drugs as much as it is about childhood and maturing into a, an adult. Yeah, I can get on board with that, but I see why people think other things. Oh yeah, definitely. But it was in 1963 that the song was released and reached number two on the billboard chart, which was before marijuana really like made its way into the mainstream, because if it had been after that, then um, it, the song itself would likely have been like blackballed by radio stations and stuff. So it's actually, they all would have just assumed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to believe that that stoners in the late sixties and seventies, heard this song or like re-listened to this song under a new context and ran with it that yeah um totally unrelated but i need to talk about it um uh i really 
think his eyebrows are really insane. They are really insane because <laughs> I I drew a picture of him for the illustrations that I do for each episode and was thinking as I was outlining his eyebrows, why are his eyebrows like this? It's such a specific choice and it's a really unattractive choice. Like like it's a dragon. Like dragons don't actually like He's not a hot dragon. Like it's just a funny way to think about it. But he just has these like huge. They look like clouds. Is how I would describe them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which like maybe that's why. Maybe they were supposed to look like floaty like clouds, but like they, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's funny that that's the thing you're stuck on. I meanwhile, I'm kind of like curious about the the goatee thing that's hanging down from his chin. I have he had never... a goatee? Yeah, well, it, it's kind of, it's rather uh, scrotal in nature, it is. I would say. It is. <laughs> like, I never thought twice about it until recently. I was like, oh. what is this thing kind of hanging from his face? It's like a double um... ball sack. Because there's, there's <laughs> I four... I didn't even notice that. Yeah, there's like four clefts to it. Uh, yeah. It hangs really low, too. It does. Mm-hmm. And he's got sort of a built-in vest, which is kind of strange. Does he? I, don't, I only drew, like, at him from the, sh- like, the shoulders up. Like, I he's guess. got his body, and then it's just, like, a vest that's not, like, a... It's not, oh, like... Yeah. It's, like, built into his body. It's not, like, a vest that he's wearing. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. He... He does. There's like a point in the movie where he puts something in his pocket. His umbrella. Like he doesn't. He does, yeah, it's his umbrella. He folds up his umbrella, but it, he doesn't have pockets. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's got like a kangaroo pouch or something. He's a magic he's dragon. Magic. He's magic. He is a magic dragon. Uh, speaking of hot dragons, have you ever seen dragons fucking cars on the internet? <laughs> Um, nope, but now I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, do yourself a favor and, and Google that, and, uh, you'll hate me forever, but it's hilarious. Cool, great. Oh, that's fun, I like it. <laughs> Is that, like, where Transformers came from? Maybe. Is that how Transformers were born? Yeah, probably. Definitely. For sure. Oh, God. I'm afraid to Google um, this. So this song was also recorded. Puff the Magic Dragon was recorded in several other languages. Um, I listened to the German version. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean which was sung by Puff what? der Zauberdrachen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you worked hard to do that. <laughs> Let me try it again. Puff der Zauberdrachen. I think there's like a guttural. You know, at the end there, but yeah. <laughs> um, it was sung by Marlena Dietrich, um, and it's a way. I mean, I'm not like super. I'm not one for folk music, so um, I really, really liked her version a lot more. Mm. Um, it's on YouTube. YouTube it. Um, Wikipedia tells me that there's other languages that it's in, but it was harder to find them on YouTube. In all two minutes that I looked, so <laughs> that's the only one I can wholeheartedly recommend. Uh, in the mid 1970s, an American Jewish band named Ruach created a. <laughs> well, now that I got the like all the in the right 
place in my mouth. Now I can pronounce it. Uh, yeah, you really got the ugh yeah, feeling. I created a parody version of a, of the song called, entitled uh, Puff the Kosher Dragon. In the course <laughs> of the song, Kosher Puff eats kosher food, has a bar mitzvah, fights anti-Semites, and finally marries and brings up his children as lo- loyal members of the faith. Uh, this version has been noted as one of the first examples of a modern Jewish band using a popular secular tune. Why didn't they make that into the movie? Right? I'd watch Also, that. can you give me another example of a modern Jewish band? <laughs> Modest Yahoo? <laughs> I mean... That's not a band. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Also, there was a super racist parody version that aired on Rush Limbaugh's program during the 2008 presidential campaign. I'm going to stop oh, there. No. I'm not even going to tell you what the title is because I refuse to say it. Oh, boy. I think that's fine. But I, I will say that that Peter, Paul, and Mary were not happy about it. Well, Mary was dead, but she, they were not happy about it. Sure. And asserted that taking a children's song and twisting it in such a vulgar, mean-spirited way is a slur to our entire country and our common agreement to move beyond racism. Puff himself, if asked, would certainly agree. That's a direct quote from Peter Yarrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love that she commits to this idea that Puff is a real person. He would agree. Doesn't he doesn't he live in all of us mm-hmm. though? It's true. true, yeah. We all have a little puff inside us. I like to think so. Rush might... Limbaugh probably doesn't, but uh <laughs> That's true, no. The rest yeah. of us probably do. Or maybe maybe Rush Limbaugh is just like he's that pirate, you know, and <sighs> And he just needs to bake. <laughs> he just needs to step out from behind the microphone, whip up a few pies, and live his best life as his true self. The world would I, I be could, better for it. I think he might be a sneeze, actually. <laughs> he's loud. <laughs> he's obnoxious. Yeah. And he ruins things because he's uncomfortable. Yeah, actually, that's... that's he is a you, sneeze, yeah, right. You nailed he just it. needs some chicken soup. I'm going to, like go through the next couple of days of my life and I'm gonna be like oh like that's a puff and like that's a sneeze and like that's a pirate who has a chef on the inside <laughs> can I tell you my, that's my a cloud can I tell you my favorite line in this movie real quick before we get too far off topic yes because I love the sneezes so much when they find the, the living sneezes and Jackie's like are you a sneeze and he's like what do I look like a hiccup <laughs> that was one of the times that I laughed out loud. I, I lose it every time. Yeah, it's really good. There is also a part at the end. You guys are gonna have to help me. I don't remember exactly how this happened, but I know that I laughed out loud. Um, so Puff like delivers Jackie back to his home, and then as Puff is like leaving, he's like jumping out the window, and he says something about the sneezes like super randomly. I don't oh, know. does anyone remember what he says? I don't remember. It's, like, very out of context. Like, the sneezes have been gone for a long time, and he's just, like, jumping out the window, and he says something about it. I should have written it down. I'm going to pull up the video real quick, because if it's right at the end, we can probably find it. Yeah, it's just as Puff is leaving. I do like that he kind of walks past the camera, quote-unquote, and recreates the whole thing from the beginning, like he's talking to you. Like, oh, hey, did I just see a dragon walk (laughs) by the window? I love that. 
Uh, right before he jumps out the window, he like looks at the camera and just says, "Chicken soup." Oh, that's what he says. <laughs> I thought that was really silly. Yeah, so it's just, just like, without any context. So silly and random. Yeah. I feel like I could also use that in my life. Just like chicken soup. Around, you need something to say. <laughs> um, do you guys like this song? I like right. this song. I once saw Peter, Paul, and not Mary, but one of their daughters perform at uh, the Barnes and Noble in Ramsey, or maybe it was Borders. I don't know. Uh, uh, in like the middle of a snowstorm for some reason. And it was a really bizarre concert. One, because it was in Barnes and Noble. And two, because there were, the entire room was filled with either like toddlers or 60 year olds and no one in between except for me and the person that I was there with. <laughs> Oof. But they played the hits. They played the hits. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they have more than one. I'm not too well versed in Peter, Paul, and Mary myself. I, ha well, my parents had a lot of their records when I was growing up because they were old. So Yeah. I like folk music now, so I think that's why I enjoy this song still as an adult. But uh, yeah, I never actually delved into the catalog of Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah, I think most of their hits are actually like just the folk standards and not necessarily like original tunes. Right. I mean, that's sort of the nature of folk music, right? To yeah. A lot, of, a lot of covers. I know they covered uh, a number of Dylan songs. Mm -hmm. And uh, Elon Musk... Uh, covered Puff the Magic Dragon when he named one of his SpaceX aircrafts Puff the Magic Dragon. That was a t that was a bad segue, but I tried. <laughs> oh, uh, it was announced in December of 2016 that they are rebooting Puff the Magic Dragon for a live a live action slash animated feature. Uh, by Fox Animation, directed by Mike Mitchell, who did Trolls, which I did not see. Thank you for remembering that, because I meant to bring that up <laughs> and um, totally forgot. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm the target demo for that. I might just stick with this uh, 30, no, it's a 40-year-old <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> this is my jam. It's a classic for a reason. Did either of you see Trolls? Did not. No. I haven't I even seen Trolls. Yeah, I haven't even seen the, the the legitimate sequels to this particular movie. Um, mm. I just learned about them today, and I kind of started watching the. Uh, I started watching the uh, uh, Land of the Living Lies movie, and I didn't really like it quite so much. Not as good. No, it it deals with a different sort of kid. I think the other two are sort of uh, morality tales more than this first one. Um, the second one deals with a, a girl who just can't stop telling lies, and then she goes to an island where there's like the little boy who cried wolf and Baron Munchausen and like <laughs> a bunch of other characters who are notorious for lying, and then she just hates living on this island of liars. And uh, I think the third one is about a kid who has like this invisible friend. And when he acts out, he blames it on the invisible friend. And then things get out of control, um, which I, I don't like so much because these are kids just being assholes. 
I prefer okay. Jackie, who's oh, working on some stuff. I have a thing stuff. we didn't talk about. Um, this was... Hold on, I'm going to get it right so I'm not a liar. It was directed by Fred Wolf, who directed a lot of other stuff that we've seen as children. He worked on... I think this was under his production company. Not necessarily he directed it, but The Gummy Bears, uh, Teddy Ruxpin, Alvin and the Chipmunks, oh, wow. The California Raisin Show, Care Bears, Darkwing Duck, oh my God. Uh, Doug, oh DuckTales. Like, he did everything. What a superstar. Yeah, he's like a superstar. And so this was, let's see, it looks like he went from, like, directing animation um, in, like, the 60s and 70s and 80s to, like, having a production company that made, like, every single show mm. that we watched when we were young. <laughs> Tailspin, Ninja <gasps> Turtles. Oh, so good. I hope that somebody picks gummy bears soon. Wait, which, which, which guy is this? Fred Wolf. Fred, oh, Fred Wolf. Yeah, okay. Holy hell. Yeah, so he did a lot for us. Oh, man, I feel like you could do a whole episode just on Fred Wolf. Yeah, you we could, could have a, a whole, whole podcast. A whole, whole podcast on Fred Wolf shows. <laughs> Ugh, I feel like I would get tired of these shows pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm already tired of our premise. Kind of. Um, I'm not tired of our premise, but it is true that some of these things like aren't that fun yeah. to watch again. I think because like when we there's just no. What were you gonna say? I there's just no substance to so much. Of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like like we've we've done some things that like maybe if I had never seen them before. I would be like, oh, this is hard to watch. But because I, like, truly had, like, happy, nostalgic feelings about them, it was fun to watch. Um, but, like, so much of this, there's just, like, nothing there, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah, a lot of it, I, I have to imagine, is, like, sort of feel-good stuff. Um, this this one, I think, still holds up, in my opinion, because it's got, like, sort of a universal message and uh, something that I still kind of relate to, mm-hmm. in a way. Um I, I didn't get a chance to listen to your Wishbone episode. Did you guys like that still or no? It did not hold up very well. I mean, it's fine. I had never... <laughs> it's fine, I had but never it's kind of I didn't watch Wishbone, so I actually watched it for the first time as a 31-year-old human. Um, See, and... I, I watched the hell out of Wishbone as a kid, and I loved it, and it sort of upset me a little bit when I saw you guys were not, <laughs> <laughs> were not in love with it. Yeah, it was, well, because I thought I loved Wishbone and was like, all of my understanding of classic literature comes from Wishbone, which is still probably true, but (laughs) it was not as good as I remember it being. Still very cute, though. That dog is very cute. That dog carries that whole show. There were some likable things about the show. Yeah, the dog. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the dog like I, I mean like for I, I liked it because I got like really emotionally invested in being pretty mad at Joe and like, <laughs> and so like that made me like have at least like feelings around watching it mm. at least for the first two episodes now I'm, I'm afraid to revisit Wishbone no I mean it's fine you know it's it's totally fine <laughs> just wasn't 
you know, because I was like pretty excited to rewatch it, and then I was like, oh, actually, not really as good as I remember it being. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I look at a lot of these older shows from our from our childhood, and I, I can understand that a lot of them didn't have substance, which makes me understand why adults were so conscious about us watching educational stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, because well, the, the stuff we really loved as kids, there was nothing there. It all makes sense now. Fortunately, you know, I still love things like Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street, and I still do. Um well, I mean, those are classics for a reason. Like those are right. excellent. Right. But oh, I would like to watch Mr. Rogers again. I would not. He creeps me out. But like, <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. There's just like something about him that is a little weird to me. I wonder if I would feel like I just I I'm thinking that because I haven't seen it like truly since I was a child. Mm. And I, yeah, I just I wonder what that's like now. Oh, he's wonderful. So if anyone wants to do Mr. Rogers, let us know. Wistfulpod at gmail.com. Although I haven't checked that mailbox. So if you wrote to us and we haven't gotten back to you, we will soon. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was going to write up a MASH game for uh, this episode since the content was so short. And I had no idea how much math is actually involved in a mash game so uh jordan's other idea for a game is to play uh wait what <laughs> wait so you didn't make a mash game because there was too much math yeah we talked about math- this in- so i i honestly could not i was like i couldn't remember how to play mash and i like i almost asked and like googled it but i was like no kara's got it she seems like she's got this <laughs> I honestly don't even remember how to play. Um, I didn't really remember how to play either, so I had to, like, look up the instructions. And, you know, you do all the categories, and but then you have to, like, do all of this counting to, like, get... So, it, okay, yeah, it's not I math. I remember that. But there's numbers, and we've already established <laughs> on the show how I feel about numbers. Uh, so I, I kind of gave up because it seemed complicated. But your other idea for a game was to play Marry, Fuck, Kill. So I guess uh, Puff the Magic Dragon, the Three Doctors, and <laughs> the Pirate, Marry, Fuck, Kill. Who, who? Wait, who is the middle one? The Three Doctors. <laughs> That's the it? From the- <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. Very, There's very, like very not very a lot of adults in this one. Be careful. <laughs> Yeah. That's true. Be careful what <laughs> No wait. I <laughs> I think that we could include the sneeze. <laughs> okay, we could include a sneeze. <laughs> or, or yeah, like a sneeze or a cloud. Um or the pirate. I included the pirate. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you include the pirate. Okay, so the three doctors, the, s- the sneeze. Uh, on the pirate? No, I, I, in that case, I would say Puff the Magic Dragon, the pirate, or a sneeze. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm okay with not dealing with the doctors. They're, I, don't I mean, obviously I guess I would them. kill them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. The dragon, a sneeze, and the pirate. Dan, what do you think? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry Puff and kill the sneeze. So you're going to have sex with the pirate, is what you're saying? <laughs> Yes, because afterwards there will be pie. True. Excellent point. 
I mean, you could also make a st- make it make the argument to marry the pirate because then there's always mm-hmm. pie, but then you're eating pie all the time, and that gets old. So, I'm happy with my choice. Okay, that's fair. What do you think, Jordan? Like, yeah, it feels clear to me also that those are the correct choices. <laughs> like, why would you not marry Puff? Who who wouldn't want that kind of support every single day? That seems a little much for me, actually. I would prefer to have pie all the time and puff the magic dragon <laughs> only occasionally. <laughs> That's well, fair. I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I think this inaugural round of Wistful Thinking games went really well. <laughs> Do you guys play these games all well, the time? I... No. No, No. this is our first game. Joey wanted Joey, us to Joey play Joey really games. wanted us to play gonna be so disappointed <laughs> and i i listen to janet varney's the jv club all the time and she always does a mash game at the end and they're so much fun but she cuts out the part where she does the math so i didn't know that there were so many numbers involved oh, i'll do it next time i'll okay. do it um we also have been really wanting to do a segment where we like there's so many reboots now sure um so we keep meaning to do a segment where we watch an episode of something old and that hasn't been rebooted, um, but we're pretty lazy. Not lazy. We're just we got other stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a whole extra thing to watch. And then like well, think they, about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they if they do this new Puff the Magic Dragon movie, if that happens. Yeah. As prime. Yeah. Prime real estate do, for the reboot roundup. We, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do a follow-up. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because I think the reboot is actually... Like, the way that it was framed in the two articles that I read that were really just, you know, rewording of press releases... Um, it seems that they're actually they're technically not rebooting the cartoon. They're developing the song into a thing. So it might be totally different, actually. Sure. Still, I know all these uh, all these kids are yammering for a Puff the Magic Dragon <laughs> reboot. Um, uh, do Do you think they're gonna like redo the song and have it be all like dubstep? Yeah. <laughs> are, are they gonna have Fallout Boy cover oh, no. Puff the Magic Dragon? I feel or, like that Megan Trainer. I feel like both of those are actually kind of dated references. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're old. Who would do it now? Oh God. I I literally don't know anything about. Maybe music. like Ariana Grande. She did Ooh, the good. Smurf song, right? Didn't JT do a Smurf song? song? I don't know. No, he did. Tr- did he do Trolls? <laughs> I know he did trolls. They're all blending. Him together. and Anna Kendrick did trolls. I know that because I used to teach a kid who wanted to put it on all the time when I was teaching the class. We can have Lin Manuel Miranda write the new Puff the Magic Dragon song. I'd watch that. Oh, no, but he, but he did no, he did Moana, didn't he? That's yeah, what he I'm did, saying. And it was he's, so he's, good. He's still riding high on I that feel Hamilton. Like, I feel like we need like a, uh, yeah. I mean, I could get behind a Lin Manuel one but i feel like i feel like they're gonna ruin it it's gonna be like really something annoying and awful but you know if if, truth be told this is one of those properties where i'm like yeah sure reboot this see what happens because it's not like it's this timeless classic that everyone's gonna be like no they're gonna ruin it you know it's it's a thing that most people our age 
barely remember. So go ahead, do it. Maybe, maybe it could be good. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe. I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Sure. Whatever. Do it. Hollywood. <laughs> what, like if you're going to remake something or reboot or update something old, like why not this? Because I don't think anybody's going to care. But I hope that it, like, I wish they would remake it and, like, one, use the German version of the song as the song. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, like, keep the, like, chin balls <laughs> and the funny eyebrows. Like, like keep all the weird stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, make it surreal and weird. Make it, like, Alice in Wonderland, like, weirdness. Oh, yeah. They totally could. I mean, they, they establish in this movie that uh, Alice and, and Peter Pan are, are sort of in that universe somewhere do yeah. they so I, yeah he, when, i had to rewind happened. it he um he's uh, when puff comes into the room like he first meets jackie when he comes in his room he's unpacking his bag he takes out um alice's mushroom yep oh that's where the mushroom came out? from peter's shadow peter's shadow yeah gotcha okay because the first image that i chose to draw after doing a google Google image search before I watched this was Puff the Magic Dragon holding a mushroom because I was like, yeah, this will be great. And then <laughs> when I started watching it, I was like, oh, that's inappropriate. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was Alice's mushroom. Alice of oh, Wonderland. That makes sense. So yeah, I would. I, it would be really cool if they did that and they did something different and made it a little weird, but I don't expect that they will. No, probably not. It'll probably end up like Trolls. Which, like, is so, like, it's not like kids and adults right now, like, don't have space in their head for weirdness. Like, look at Adventure Time. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves Adventure Time. True. That's true. And Steven Universe, which uh, is not technically a spin-off of Adventure Time, but the person that runs Steven Universe got their start on Adventure Time, and it's also extremely weird and extremely wonderful. Huh. That's more for kids, right? Or is um, that just as much for adults? Because I know Adventure Time kind of you could you could argue both cases. Yeah, I think it's just as much for either. Uh, oh, interesting. I think it's it's like softer around the edges, you know. But sure. um, I just I it's a delight. It's what I put on when I've had a bad day, and like by the end of the the intro song, I'm like, yes, I already feel better. Thank you, Steven Universe. <laughs> it's so good yeah i mean actually come to think of it there's like a lot of really weird cartoons out there right now okay so like has any of that made it into kids animated movies or is it all no i don't think so well because kids animated movies are still happening inside of these you know like the studio system and even if it if it's coming out of something like pixar which you know, is Pixar and whatever, but like it's still a part of that like big machine that is so uh, focused on like what is going to make us the most amount of money. You know, I don't know. Like the, the closest we've gotten uh, is from the studios is um, like for kids is Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Is that um, for kids? I would argue that they're for kids. I mean. Huh. The, if you, the, there's millions of toys that come out of them, right? Uh, and they're 
for this little bit of swearing that they throw in there, I think they're ultimately aimed at families with kids in mind to sell the merchandise. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you've got these movies with a talking raccoon. And then in the most recent one, you've got this living planet, which is the weirdest thing I have ever seen in a mainstream movie. And like I was familiar with Ego from the comic book. And when I heard they were going to throw him in the movie, I couldn't believe it. So the fact that they managed to get that into a major Hollywood movie is astounding. And maybe it's just James Gunn and they're just, they have faith in him, but I think you could do ultra weird, uh, an ultra weird sort of puff movie, but it would take a really skilled, um, filmmaker, Mm. somebody that the studios would have faith in to do it. Uh, but I think most of the studio execs are going to sort of veer more into the, um, safe kind of bland territory yeah so it's possible it's not unprecedented but i think it's unlikely does anyone have any final thoughts final thought i i love this movie um i can't say for if it's good or not i'm too far in i'm i'm too i can't give an objective opinion on this but i i have a real soft spot for this one um well that's great because i i like it when people are able to like rewatch something and say like I still love it because it's hard. It doesn't always happen. I think I think it's incredibly dark, uh, but you know I think that kids can handle dark. I think yeah. that me having grown up with this is the reason why I love dark things now. So you know kids can handle it. Yeah, I think so. I think that about does it for Puff the Magic Dragon. In addition to being Cage Club's Twitter master, Dan writes for TalkFilmSociety.com, so you can check him out there. And we'll see you guys in two weeks for some spooky October times.